shortly be singing, Oh Happy Day, Oh Happy Day, when Jesus washed my sins away. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we pray that in this time, in these moments, your spirit will accomplish what you desire accomplished in each person's life here. Lord, we pray that you be with our pastor as he shares, that your spirit would move and direct in the words that are used and the thoughts that are presented from your word. Lord, for those who are at home today, sick and unable to get out, may they sense your presence. If tuning in, may they be touched by your word and your message. Lord, for those in the hospital, we pray that you could meet them where they are. Lord, for Steve Terrell's family, that you could bring comfort in the midst of a loss of life storm. Father, in the ministry that he had in Iraq, that you could rise up in a native individual who would continue it on. You'd give them boldness and your spirit could move in that country. Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right, if you would, let's stand and let's take our uh, bulletin this morning. Let's sing Oh Happy Day. We'll sing through it twice and then tag it when Jesus washed my sins away. I'll try to do it the right way today, Tanya, okay? Let's sing. Oh 
started singing it again. So y'all let me know. Okay? Uh, <clears throat> Acts chapter 4. I know we've got announcements and I know I'm not supposed to preach and I'm not going to. But in Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 37, there was this thought. And the multitude of those that believed were of one heart, one soul. Neither said any of them any of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. A little later on, in verse number 37, it says, Having land sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. We had an opportunity over the last two weeks to sell some things, give some things, and many of you have, and thank you for that. The opportunity will continue till this evening. The opportunity is to bring forth that which God has given you. We're going to use it to allow your pastor and his wife and brother Ron to minister and take it to allow God to move in the country of India. Opportunity is still available. They leave what time? 10.50 tomorrow. A.M., right? A.M., yes. 10.50 tomorrow morning, they'll be on a plane. Next passage of scripture I want you to think about, Acts chapter 13. When we come to Acts chapter 13, Saul has already been on the Damascus Road. He sees Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. In verses 1 through 3 of Acts 13, we see this. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch. Jerusalem was the start of all this. Nice guy by the name of Nero starts killing and burning everybody. And God said what? In Matthew, he said, go ye where? Jerusalem, Samaria, uttermost parts of the world. They didn't. They stayed in Jerusalem. God said, I got a plan for you. You will disperse. You will go. So a church in Antioch grows to the point where they can send out missionaries. In verse number one, it says this, or excuse me, verse number two, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work unto which I've called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. You have two opportunities this morning. Both of them involve what we see in chapter 5. One heart, one soul. That not being your pastor's heart or your pastor's soul. That being God's heart within our soul. And the unity we have in him. So we can bring into the storehouse. And the second opportunity is at the end of the service, we're going to have Pastor Kevin and Missy in a time of prayer as we send them forth to India tomorrow. And if we're to send them forth and the Holy Spirit is to work, then we, God's people here, need to be right in heart and soul. Will you do that throughout the service? Will you prepare to help send them off There's protection needed. There's discernment needed. There's boldness needed. There's peace needed. There's a moving of the Holy Spirit on India needed. Let's get ready, not just to worship God, but for a short-term ministry, send forth two of our own to a foreign people to present to them a foreign God who's died on a cross for their sins, that he may not be foreign anymore. Announcements. Monday the 28th, there will be a ladies' fellowship at 630 King's Kid Christmas Party will take place December 10th. And while that's a little ways away, 
Please see Carolyn about donation of toys or money or time to help make it a memorable event for the kids. You see what she has in mind and how you might be able to take part in that. And then uh, the 18th will be a Christmas dinner. I don't believe I've mentioned or missed anything. Financial snapshot there in the front. You be faithful to give. By the way, just because Pastor Kevin and Missy board a plane and are headed to India at 10.50 tomorrow, <clears throat> our regular point of time will be Wednesday here. He's lined somebody up. Chase Witten will be here next Sunday morning. I'll be filling in next Sunday night. And somebody else is lined up for the Wednesday, even though Pastor Kevin and Missy are coming back Tuesday. There's probably a pretty good chance they'll be beat like a rug with a broom when they get here. And uh, it might be good for someone else to present to him and he could have some pouring into after he's and she have poured out. All right. That's where we are. Oh, I better figure out what hymn we're on. Hymn number 327. Hymn number 327. <clears throat> Everybody there? Hymn number 327. When you're there, let's stand.
time? 6.30. Just because Missy won't be here and Kevin won't be here Sunday morning, it would be good to have some music. It would be good for our hearts to celebrate music. If you can sing, be here at 6.30 Thursday and we'll practice. There's a hymn. It says, count your blessings, name them one by one. We've just sung, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. We're moving into that season in our American culture due to history where we'll have a holiday called Thanksgiving. But we ought to have that spirit of Thanksgiving every day. Even in the midst of maybe not so great a day. And I can tell by the pastor's sermon, the anchor of gratitude, we're headed into that topic. But as the choir stands to sing, it's entitled, For All You've Done. And i got to tell you, I don't have a clue what he's done for me. There, I know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know less of what he's done for me than I know of what he's done for me. And we ought to be thankful. Let's think about that as they sing.
thank the Lord for that. He's been so definitely so very, very good to us. And like I said, I like that part in that verse. If I started naming off all the things that God has done for me, um, I could do it till I die and still not get it all covered. I mean, let that sink in for just a moment. When we start thinking about the goodness of God and all that he has personally done for you, you know what? You're here today because of God. You're sitting here today with your children. You're here with your children today because of God. Sitting here with your spouse today, you're sitting here because of God. If you're sitting in this auditorium today, it's only because of God's grace upon your life. Oh, and all the other things, man, we can just keep on going and going. You know what? You're able to get out of bed this morning. It's all because of what God's done. Man, think about your salvation. Think about what that entails. Man, you got hope today because of what he's done. And uh, I just tell you, he has been so very good to us. Uh, and he's so, so good to us. Uh, I'd like for you to take your Bibles and go ahead and turn to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 15 as we'll get started this morning on this lesson, but this message this morning. And, uh, but be in prayer for us this morning as we sing this song. This is actually a song that uh, me and Missy will be singing in India. We've been asked to sing in the services over there. And uh, Missy has graciously said that she will sing with me. And so looking forward to that, being able to sing with my wife. Uh, but listen to the words of this song. I think it puts things in perspective of what's uh, of our week coming and also just uh, of God and who he is and what he's able to do. Trusting in you to lead us in the right spot there. Y'all pray for us.
And his love cries out across the lands. Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 15. The young people will be remaining upstairs today. Uh, good to have you in the auditorium. I want you young people right now, pay attention to your pastor because I'm going to be um, preaching on something that will, if you'll learn it as a young person, it will radically guide your life into a place that you will love it. You will enjoy it and you will appreciate the life that you have been given. And I believe it will make all your relationships that you're going to develop in life so much better and so much easier. And so, and by the way, if you're old fuddy-duddy in here this morning, I want you to listen too, because I think you will agree with what I'm talking about this morning, how that uh, gratitude is an anchor. Gratitude is an anchor that holds us centered where we need to be in life, having a spirit of gratitude. Now, uh, Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. I mean, is there anything greater than having the peace of God? I mean, really, what's the world looking for today? What is every person alive searching for so desperately? It is the peace that only God can give. It says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. And be ye thankful. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you add the blessing to the reading of your word this morning. And Lord, I pray that you help us to understand what it truly means to have heartfelt gratitude for you in this life. And Lord, how that branches out and how that touches every area of our life. And it blesses that this morning. God, I pray that you add the blessing to the reading of your word. Lord, be with us today. Speak to our hearts. And dear God, may we leave this place rejoicing in the goodness of God in a great way this morning. In Jesus' precious name, amen. I'm called, I entitled this this morning, The Anchor of Gratitude. You know what? We have many anchors uh, that will hold us firm in our life. We know that Jesus is our anchor that holds no matter what, no matter how severe the circumstances are of life, no matter how severe uh, the storms that we go through in life. Aren't you thankful that the anchor holds? Have you been there in times in life when, you know what, you really didn't know what to do, you didn't know what was coming next, you didn't even really know how you were going to handle what you were going through, but today you're on the other side of that storm and you can say that the anchor holds this morning. I'm glad there is an anchor. But do you know what? There are some virtues of the Christian that keep him anchored in life. Uh, there are things that we ought to have in our life that ought to keep us anchored, keep us settled, keeping us going in the direction that God has for us. And one of the anchors that I want to talk about today, of course, is gratitude. Gratitude is the quality, the quality, by the way. I mean, I think it's interesting even in the definition. It's a quality, and it's a quality in your life of being thankful, and it means readiness to show appreciation for and return kindness. True gratitude is a quality, and it is showing appreciation and returning kindness. And by the way, I'm not talking about some surface thing today. I'm not talking about just knowing the right words to say, okay, thank you, this or that. But I'm talking about a heartfelt gratitude that stirs your very spirit because you're so thankful of, and you're so thankful for what God has done. You're so thankful for what someone else has done in your life. Gratitude hinges deep within the soul of man and it is powerful to the spirit of man. Gratitude, bring, uh, uh, gratitude is a valuable quality to the person that holds it. Valuable, by the way, uh, it's, something, uh, it's of a richness to your life. The person who holds this gratitude. Now this gratitude that I am speaking of today does not just uh, lie on the surface. It is deep gratitude. It is heartfelt gratitude that is of the finest quality. I think we all should take a moment and ask God today to fill our hearts with true gratitude. To fill our hearts to the point that we're overwhelming with gratitude in our lives. 
for all that He has done and all that He has given us. I mean, come on, think about it. Think about what God has done for you. Is there something, I mean, just one thought of what God has done for you ought to overwhelm your heart, overwhelm your spirit to the place that you are filled with gratitude for Him. Thankful people are happy people. Will we agree with that this morning? I mean, come on. I mean, there's no, no people on earth like God's people that ought to be filled with happiness because we are thankful for all that God has done for us. And this happiness will go out into our lives our, and our relationships out into the world that we live in because we are thankful. Ha- uh, thankful people are happy people. Uh, I think sometimes it's pretty uh, sad how hard it is to put a smile on the face of God's people. I mean, sometimes people can even sing a song about uh, sing a song about the, how good God is, all He's done. And you see people out in the auditorium just going, "Bless me, the King, God." <laughs> Come on, God's people ought to be filled with gratitude of what He's done, and we ought to be happy because thankful people are happy people. Now, today I want to talk about this this anchor this. This anchor of gratitude. It has been said that gratitude is the greatest of all virtues, but I believe that gratitude is the parent of all virtues of the Christian life. Victor, uh, virtues are, are traits and, and qualities which uh, arranges one's conduct, uh, uh, oneself in a morally good manner. It causes the, this to, to work out these, these values in their life. Virtues are very essential in the Christian's life. Why is that? Why is it? Why is it ought to be obvious to us? But you know what? Uh, these virtues ought to be uh, essential in our life because it is so central to our experience that it drives our decision making about our actions, our opinions of others, and our loyalty to those in position of authority. So virtues are very important in the child of God's life. Uh, That's why Christian virtues are defined as unique biblical characteristics given as commands by Jesus Christ. And you can really put it all right here. Love God and love one another. Without heartfelt gratitude towards God, we won't love God. I want to tell you that. Without heartfelt gratitude towards God and all that He has done, we will not love God and honor Him in our decision-making about our actions and our opinion of Him. I want to tell you, without heartfelt gratitude towards God, we won't love others and honor God in our actions and our opinions towards others. Without a heartfelt gratitude, hey, husband, without a heartfelt gratitude towards God and all that He has done, you're not going to love your wife. And your actions towards her is not going to be what they ought to be. And your opinion towards her is not going to be unless we have a heartfelt gratitude. And we can go on down the line, husbands and wives, children and parents and parents and children, all the way through. We must have a heartfelt gratitude to the Lord. Now, if we're not grateful, there will be no virtue of spirit in our life. No virtue of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit. If we're not thankful. And by the way, this fruit of the spirit, well, all this is one fruit that we are to bear. And everything about it is part of that fruit. You can't take out one and, and say, I got the, this fruit of the spirit. But you have to have the whole thing because it is fruits of it is fruit uh, singular. Genuine love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's supposed to be evident in the life. I mean, come on, what kind of person is not... I mean, is that, wouldn't that not be uh, the greatest thing ever to be that type of person that we have the virtues that we ought to have in our life, the fruit of the Spirit, and... You be, I mean, come on, is it, does anybody look at that and say, you know what, that'd be a terrible way to live. I don't know about you, but I, I, I'd, I'd rather I'd be bearing that fruit in my life. And I, you know what, I, can, I could lay my head on my pillow at night and say, you know what, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for how I was able to live today and how I was able to correspond with you, correspond with others in relationships today. I'm glad that I could exhibit your spirit in my life. 
But you know what? We'll never be living that way. Our families will never experience it in our homes until we have a, until we have a heart that is overwhelmed with heartfelt gratitude for God and all that He's done for us. May we come to this time of Thanksgiving and we can name off a whole lot of things that we're thankful for, but you know what? Uh, it all comes back to, you know what, we wouldn't have any of that that we have if it hadn't been for God. May we truly be thankful this Thanksgiving, this, this Thanksgiving season. May we not step over it and, 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 and not pay any attention to it today. Because I want to tell you, oh, I believe this is one of the most important things that we could ever do is be thankful. It is an anchor. Gratitude is an anchor. Now, I want to give you three things this morning. I'm not going to keep you too long. And I want to give you three things this morning about gratitude. First of all, gratitude blesses others. Gratitude blesses others. In Psalms 100, verse number 4, the Bible says, Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. We bless the Lord when we enter into His presence being grateful. Heartfelt gratitude. Heartfelt, man, we come here today, we've come to church, we entered into this place, we come together, and hopefully you come into His presence today to worship Him. And you've come to His presence in this day just by living. You, you come to Him with gratitude. Now, I want you to think of something right now. Everybody, listen to me. Think of something right now that you're truly thankful to God for this morning. Think of something right now. One thing. I, I, want, you to, I want you to ponder on it this morning. I want you to think you're truly thankful for this, and I want you to allow it to overwhelm your heart. I want you to think about the, the depth of it. I want you to think about the height of it this morning. Oh, something that only God could have done. Think about it this morning that you're thankful for. Is it touching your heart? Now I want us all to say, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, you know what you've just done? You've blessed God. You've blessed the Creator God. You've blessed the Almighty God just now by truly being thankful for something that He has done and you return to praising to Him. you blessed God. You know what? We don't only bless God when we're grateful for what He has done, but you know what? We bless others whenever we're thankful for what they've done, for grateful to what they're, them being in our life. I want you to do something. Just a moment. Look at the person beside you. Make sure everybody has the person that's looking at them beside you. I want you to take a good look. Somebody look at Renee back here. Rich, can you look at Renee back here? We've got to make sure she gets included tonight today. Take a good look. Everybody got somebody looking at you? Somebody help me. Braden, could you please sacrifice a little bit and look over at Bev this morning? Okay? Okay. Because I know that's rough. Somebody needs to get Mother Dave back here. I mean, I know we all... I want you to look at, I want you to think, look at that person and think of one thing. I don't want you to make up anything, by the way. But one thing that you're thankful for that person. For some reason that God's put them in your life. I want you to think about it. It should be easy for husband and wife, I hope. <laughs> but, you know, it might be some of it's going to be a little more difficult for others. I mean, look at the white back here. Look what you got to look at, buddy. Whew. But I, I want you to honestly think about it. I, I want you to allow it to begin to really overwhelm your spirit. Man, what if that person wasn't in my life? Are you looking at somebody? You got a person? Okay. Is it me? Oh, man. Now, you know what? I want you to tell that person. I want you to tell that person why you're grateful for them. Could you do that? I mean, I'm serious. Right now, do it. Verbally, go to them right now. Tell them why you're grateful for them. What is it? What is it? Wow, do you know what you just done? You were just a blessing to someone else. 
And you know what? In return, you've received a blessing. How many of you did somebody tell you thank, thank you? I want to tell you, gratefulness, man, it is an anchor in life. And I want to tell you, we, we don't practice it enough today. Why is it so hard? To, I mean, some of you might have had a really, really hard time finding something you were grateful for. Kim, did somebody get you? I hope they did. Man, you got your daughter-in-law sitting behind you. She got a chance for some brownie points there, didn't she? Whew. Uh, but you know what? Sometimes it's so hard to find something. About somebody to be thankful for. And why, why is it difficult? I mean, sometimes we start going through our mind because we don't exercise gratitude today. We don't take time to tell people we're thankful for them. We don't tell time today. Just, it's just, a, I mean, come on. Some of you might have been touched in your heart. It might have been a very little thing that they, somebody was thankful for you about, but you know what? It meant something to you to know that somebody really recognized that and was thankful for that. Man, we need to be people today that are exercising gratitude all the time. Because you know what? It's just good. Man, gratitude blesses people and it blesses others. Uh, and you know, there's a lesson that I have learned. There's a lesson that I have learned as consider uh, blessing other people. I have learned this lesson. I'm going to give you a lesson to each point and a life lesson. You might want to write it down and maybe it will work for you too. But... This is a lesson I have learned considering being a blessing to others. That when I become unhappy with the people God has put in my life, I have become unthankful. When I become unhappy with the people that God has placed in my life, I have become unthankful. Oh yeah, there's things and there's circumstances, things that go around in our life, and we can get twisted out of a thing. But you know what? The truth of the matter is, God's put them in our life. And you know what? It would do us a joy. It would, honestly, literally, it would do us a joy to be thankful. Second thing. Oh, I want to. I can't mess this verse out. What shall I render unto the Lord for all His benefits towards me? You know what I think the answer is? That gratitude. Second point is this: gratitude guarantees contentment. Gratitude guarantees contentment. I don't know about you, but I mean, it's a, I, I see this as being a major problem today in our world that we live in. Nobody is content with anything. Hey, we live in a way today, that, in a world today that, no, that just seems like always, always, always more, 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 never satisfied, never content. The Bible says that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You know what the will of God is for every person in this place? It's for us to give thanks to God. And I'm not just saying verbally. I'm not just saying say the words I am saying. Heartfelt thanks and gratitude to God. It is the will of God that we return that gratitude to Him, that praise to Him for all that He has done. When, you, uh, when you're thankful for what you have, you are content with what you have. When you are thankful for what you have, you are content with what you have. I believe that one of the greatest sins of America today, if not the greatest sin of America, is covetousness. Everybody wants to be somebody else and everybody wants what everybody else has. Everybody's trying to make a name for themselves. And I want to tell you, if you're a Christian in here and you're trying to make your mark, trying to make a name for yourself today, let me tell you this. You got a name that could never be topped. It's the name that you was given the day you got saved. I'm glad that God has given me a new name. I'm thankful for what He has done in my life and I only want to glorify Him. That should be all our desires. We ought to be satisfied. We ought to be content with Him. Oh, it seems that the very few are content today, always wanting more and more, and, and they don't enjoy what they have. But truly thankful for what God has given you, and see, uh, be truly thankful for what God has given you, and see if living, uh, uh, living content is a whole lot less stressful and living life, I'm sorry, and living be a whole lot less stressful and more enjoyable. Can't read my own writing sometimes. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 11 says this, Not that I speak of respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. By the way, contentment is learned. Contentment is learned. 
Uh, I mean, anybody in here that has struggled with this being content, it just seems like you're stirred up, never satisfied. There had to come a place, if you're content today, you had to learn it. And most of us do learn this the hard way. In Philippians 4.12 says this, In all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need, Paul said. The lesson I have learned in life concerning contentment is this, that when I begin to reach for what I do not need, I become unhappy with what I have. When I begin to reach for what I do not need, I become unhappy with what I have. And I'm not content. I'll give you a little illustration of this, uh, this uh, in my life that happened in the last few years. Uh, if you all remember my 25th wedding anniversary, Missy surprised me with a trip out west. I got to go all the way out to Wyoming, got to go riding horses all week long in the Powderhorn Mountains, and I'll tell you, it was one of the best times I ever had in my life. I just truly enjoyed it. I, I let my hair down and everything. You know, I had a good time. But when I got out there, we went out to ride with uh, Ken McNabb, which is a, a horse trainer that I've looked up to, and he's very famous. He's been on uh, the road to the horse, and uh, just right before we came down there, and I was really looking forward to it. And, and we got out there, and we got to get our, pick our tack for our horses and stuff, and he set me up with his saddle. His saddle, I mean, already broken in. He said, this is my, per I said, I want you to really hear me. This is my personal saddle. In other words, he was saying, take good care of it, okay? But it was a Kim McNabb ranch saddle. Boy, you know what, I rode that saddle, and I'm telling you what, that was the most comfortable saddle I have ever ridden in my life. I have never been on anything that I could feel my horse any better as I was riding, and I thought, man, I would really like to have this saddle. I, I want a Ken McNabb ranch saddle. Well, we had scraped up every last time we had to go out there, and, and we didn't have no extra money, and there was no way in the world I was going to be able to buy it. But, man, I immediately started thinking, man, I need this saddle. I need this saddle. Man, I'd be a whole lot better horseback rider. I need this. My horse would do a whole lot better. If I need this saddle, I need I mean, my wife got tired of hearing this. I was trying to figure out. I was even thinking about robbing a bank or something so I could get it while I was up there. But I know I, I Look at how that happened out west. It don't always work out very good. Uh, and, um, but I kept on thinking about it. I almost came to the point that, you know what, I wasn't even really enjoying what I was doing because I was thinking, you know what, I'm going to have to go back home and ride my horse without me and Kenny McNabb's saddle. It was. I mean, I'm, honestly, I even tried to get one of the other trainers up there. Well, can I just throw his saddle in the back of my car on the way home? He'll never miss it. I'm sure he has a bunch of them. But came home, and I said, you know what? All the way back, Missy had to hear it. She probably said, uh, you want to stop and rob that bank, or you want to stop and rob that bank? No. But all the way back home, I was thinking about ways to get it, and I kept on talking about that saddle. Came back home, and I started trying to save money, save money. I mean, I'd get up to, uh, up to uh, by the way, uh, I knew I wasn't going to buy one out there when I found the price, so it was pretty expensive. It blew my mind. <laughs> I never even paid that much money for a horse. <laughs> uh, but... It, it, but anyway, I started saving up. It seemed like something would happen that I would need the money for something else or, you know, something, another need come up somewhere along the way. And I could not ever get to the point. Because you know what? I was going to buy that saddle. But I just bought a saddle not maybe a month or two ahead of that, which was a text-hand saddle, which is a good saddle. I mean, it's not the bottom-line type of saddle. It's, it's a good saddle, and, and it's a good-looking saddle. And, but you know what happened to me? I was home, I'd just saddle up my horse, and I kept thinking, boy, that Kim McNabb saddle would look a whole lot better on my horse than that saddle I got now. I mean, I got a nice saddle. This is a nice saddle, isn't it? And you know what? I, I got to the point that I didn't even really want to ride my horse because I didn't have me a Kim McNabb saddle. I had a perfectly nice saddle. But you know what? I wasn't even enjoying what I had. I started reaching for what I did not need, and then... In return, I was unhappy with what I had. But you know what? I never realized this until I came to the point in my life, in this, this little situation, my happiness didn't return until I came to this point. I finally made a decision to be thankful for what God had given me. I had been blessed with a good horse and a good saddle, and it was then my contentment, then my contentment and my happiness to be able to get on my horse and ride, and ride came back. 
I could truly enjoy the blessings that God had allowed me to have. You say, well, that's all that oversaddled, but I want to tell you. Think back in your life. How many times? How many times? Have we started reaching for things that we did not need? And we become unhappy with what we have. I want to tell you, God's been so good to us. And he has so blessed us. And you know what? We got more. By the way, you know what? There is no such thing as a poor person in America. There's no such thing as a poor person. How many of y'all got a cell phone here? Raise your hand. Yeah. How many of y'all slept the roof over your head last night? How many of you drove a car here today? Be careful when you start reaching for what you do not need. You'll become happy with what you have. Lastly this morning, and I'll be done, is this. Gratitude cultivates your joy. Gratitude cultivates your joy. Hey, Carter, you, you dropped your animal crackers there. Man, gracious, buddy. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18 says, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. There is a connection between gratitude and joy. Uh, we would have to agree with that. There, uh, in Nehemiah chapter 12, uh, verses 27 through 43, we see that they had completed the wall in the book of Nehemiah. After, I mean, they had people come up against him. Satan had attacked them. But in 52 days, they built the wall. And in verse chapter number 12, they are having a celebration for the wall. They're having a celebration of that wall that was built. And they celebrated with gladness and thanksgiving. They had singing. They had harps. They had appointed uh, two great choirs that gave thanks. Offered sacrifices. And it says they rejoiced with great joy because God had made them rejoice with great joy. And the joy of Jerusalem was heard far away. In, in a, the true gratitude of God's people is accompanied by joy. I mean, the true gratitude of God's people is accompanied with joy. I think Carter got mad because I made fun of animal cracker. No, they had to go to a funeral today. <laughs> so y'all be praying for them for safety. But the true gratitude of God's people is accompanied by joy. Gratitude, then joy. Gratitude, then joy. Say, well, I I just don't have no joy in life. Well, I'm going to tell you, won't you be thankful? Won't you truly be thankful for all that God has done, all that God has put in your life? Truly thankful. And then, you know what? If you have heartfelt gratitude, joy will return. Gratitude, then joy. So we see that gratitude cultivates joy. Is there anybody in here that don't want to have joy? Is there anybody in here that don't want to be happy in life? Hey, husband, you might not be happy with your wife, and she might not be happy with you. Hey, here's the thing. Won't you be thankful for her? And maybe then your happiness can return. Man, somebody might be in here struggling with your children. They're not heads. Thank God for them. Have heartfelt gratitude for what God's blessed you with and see if you can't have a joy once again for your children. Gratitude cultivates joy. Some of you are unhappy with the things of God. Some of you are unhappy with the house of God. Some of you are unhappy with the things of God altogether. There's no joy there. There's no passion. There's no drive. There's no excitement about God. And by the way, I'm glad, I'm glad we can be excited about God. Well, maybe if you truly thankful for all that He has done. Maybe then once again, you can cry out as David did, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Our source of joy is Jesus Christ, our Savior, who purified us once and for all through His blood. Joy is always God-central. 
No matter where you're looking for it in, where part of life, joy is always uh, God-centered. Their, the, their joy came from being in God's presence and it came from Him. God was living an active source of the people's joy, it says in Jeremiah, Nehemiah chapter 17. God had made them rejoice. God had made them rejoice. They, they started being thankful. They started praising the Lord with their songs and their singing. And God made them rejoice. I don't know about you, but you know, it'd be exciting for us to get in a song service and the Spirit of God made us rejoice as we sung praises unto Him, moved upon us and said, Oh God, You're worthy of all praise. You're worthy of all worship. Thank You, Lord. Joy is always God-centered, but also joy comes in remembering God's faithfulness. As the, the choir and the leaders proceeded around the wall and all who were there would have remembered how the Lord had protected them and enabled them to finish the work. Remember His faithfulness and let the joy break out, folks. <laughs> hey, Joseph, has He been faithful to you in your life? Cameron, has he been faithful to you? Carol, has he been faithful to you? Remember his faithfulness. Remember the Lord. Remember the goodness of God. And let the joy break out. I don't want to tell you, there's nothing more joyful than, the, than when my spirit and my heart praises God for all that He has done. Remember, hey, He picked me up out of the pit. He, he established my goings. I remember what He's done. Baby, I remember what He's done in our life. I remember what He's done in our marriage. I want to tell you, my heart rejoices. I am so thankful and so grateful to Him. And I don't want to ever get over the faithfulness of God. Oh, it, it springs up as a well in my heart of praise and joy for all that He's done. Whoa, folks, let me ask you this. Has He been faithful to you? Is God good? Joy. Heartfelt gratitude, joy. I don't know about you, I like living life to the fullest. And I ain't going to be able to live life to the fullest if I don't have any joy in my life. It's a real problem when a child of God hates life think about it it's sad for anybody to hate life or not want to live but I want to tell you my gracious he came that we may have life and we may have it more abundantly man what a God we serve I want to leave you with this this morning how to remember by the preaching of the gospel every day. You know what? You want to remember how good God is? You want to remember His faithfulness? You want to remember God? Hey, you know what? We ought to be listening to the preaching of God every day. So, oh, preachers, you're crazy. I come and listen to you once a week. That's far enough for me. That's why I'm going to be there for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, maybe an hour. But that's, that's surely enough to get me through all week. I want to tell you, you know what? We ought to listen. We ought to preach it ourselves, and we ought to pre listen to being preached too. Uh, also, by daily saturating our hearts and minds in God's Word. You ought to get in that book. I sure hope today ain't the first time you've opened it since last week. I hope you get in this book so you can remember God and remember His faithfulness to you. Also, by talking with each other, reminding each other of, the works, of His works day by day. You know what, husband and wife, one of the greatest things that you could do to spark your growth and energize your marriage is talk about the things of God together as husband and wife. Hey, moms and dads, you want, hey, talk about the spiritual things in front of your children. May they know how God is working in your life. And may they, I mean, you know what? It'd be great to have a good conversation on the way home today. Hey, what, 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 what did God speak to you about today? Hope will probably tell you. <laughs> She's taking it all in. Why, why are we so reluctant? Why are we so reluctant to talk about the things of God? Why are we so reluctant in our homes to say, you know what, how did God touch your life today? Or 
hey, this is what God pointed out to me. This is something I'm struggling with, honey. I want you to pray for me. And I want you, I, I just tell you, God really, hey, he might have stopped. He really stepped on my toes this morning. But he reached my heart. Man, you think about the strength that would cause in a marriage? Talk to each other. Hey, you know what? I, I love it. I love having a time of testimony and people get up and they start praising God for what He's done. Tears in their eyes, being thankful for what God has seen them through. I want to tell you, it does something that helps us to remember. Thanksgiving cultivates joy. They, they, focus on, uh, they focused on God. They re, uh, remembered God's faithfulness. And then with a heart of thanks, thankfulness, they celebrated the dedication of the wall with thanksgiving. The choirs saying thanksgiving. That's what they said. When you translate the word there, praise, and they're singing, it, it translates thanksgiving. If the people of Jerusalem are consumed with gratitude, how much more ought that be true for us who know God's faithfulness in the Lord Jesus Christ? Indeed, gratitude cultivates joy. Nehemiah 12.43 says this, that, that day... They offered great sacrifices and rejoiced, for God had made them rejoice, so that the wives also and the children rejoiced, so that the joy of Jerusalem was heard even afar off. Nehemiah 12.43 Life lesson here is this. If I want to experience joy in the middle of trials, bad circumstances, or sorrows, I must be thankful in all things. Pastor, how in the world can we have joy in sorrows? By being thankful to God in all things. You know what? I, I have lost people close to me in my life. I've lost some people in this church that, that far as just really, I mean, just got close to. And they passed away. But you know what? In that sorrow, I have found great peace and I have great, great joy in no remembering God and knowing what God has done in their life. There's things in our, we go through, circumstances. But you know what? God, He's busy. I'm thankful that God's working in my life, in your life. I'm thankful that He is, he is constructing he is instructing. He is preparing us for things. I don't know about you. I find joy in that. Wouldn't be where we are today. If it wasn't for the hard times and the trials. God's been good. In my life, I've been blessed beyond my wildest dreams as I go to sleep each night. I know I've had some hard times. I wouldn't trade one if I could. Because through it all, God's been good.